is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Cancel Sweezy is the podcast I do instead of going to therapy. Welcome to the show today. Uh, we got a good one for you. Um, I'm not sure yet because I haven't talked through it yet. But anyways, I think it'll be a good show. It's, it's our best episode yet. I always say every episode's the best episode yet. So there's only, we can only go up on this show. Well, thank you. Uh, for those of you who don't know me or new to the show, I am the Foreplay King, uh, also known as Shweezy. Thank you for checking out the show. I have, uh, first of all, I want to tell you I have music out on all the streaming platforms. Wherever you get your music, go listen to Shweezy. Uh, do your part and uh, check out that music. It's really good. I have stuff planned, stuff in the future, so... That's one thing I can always say. Um, but and then you can like, then you can also check me out on all social media platforms. I'm at the Shweezy, uh, except on TikTok. I do post on TikTok. Uh, occasion. Um, I try to do more. It's just like I have to have the ideas for it. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, with that though, follow me there at the Shweezy or at the Foreplay King if you're on uh, Tinder or Twitch or. No, that's not Tinder or Twitch. It's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I remembered it now. Uh, don't don't forget about me. I don't know. Someone, Josh, just I got a text from Josh. Um, but anyways, no, go follow me everywhere there. I also stream video games on Twitch. I do every Thursday and then occasionally on Mondays if there's something I really want to play. Um, typically, I think I just finished Pokemon Emerald, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and it looks like up next, I'm going to play a couple weeks of Fortnite and then... Uh, Figure out where I want to go from there. The world is my oyster, and I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, if you do have Twitch, uh, you can always press the follow button. That's free. Uh, get notified when I go live. Uh, you can talk to me if you have questions for me there. Um, and then you can also, if you have an Amazon Prime account, connect the two accounts, and you basically can get one free subscription. That's different from a follow. A subscription is typically uh, around $5 a subscription. However, if you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to that account. Uh, you can subscribe to me uh, for free if you're already paying for Amazon on Prime. Basically, what I'm saying is, uh, if you have Amazon Prime and are not subscribing to me on uh, Twitch, you are basically giving Jeff Bezos an extra $5 a month, which is not cool. But if you also want to spend another $5, I am on Patreon too, all the shows here, uh, from what's soon building the Shweezy Podcast uh, universe. And we, I do have uh, $5, you get ad-free episodes of those. So exciting, exciting, exciting uh, thing to go check out. But nevertheless, just like this video uh, or podcast wherever you're getting to uh leave a review uh however you like to do go just leave a review those really do help they don't even have to be good reviews i'm gonna be honest with you any review is good if you just want to even if you just want to be a dick to me which is fine uh i don't really care but yeah would leave a review um leave a rating uh like subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast and especially on youtube even if you don't listen to the show or watch the show on youtube subscribe on youtube as well really helps with the numbers you know what I'm saying? Dead ass. All right. I think that's all I have to say here. Let's get into previous week right now. Previous week right now is uh, a new segment by me because John Oliver walked so I could run. Uh, so here's what we do. I find I do what most uh, millennials do on the Internet these days. Josh Tech. Oh, never mind. It's nothing. Uh, I do what most millennials do these days. I look at the article and read it and uh, assume that's the whole story. Uh, but I don't read it and I save it to read while I'm recording this right now. So uh, let's begin. John Oliver walks so I could run. It's not last week tonight. It's previous week right now. So 
Let's get going into the news. Oh, this one's from ABC News. Some Alaska... Some Alaska Costco shoppers say ravens steal their groceries. This is from ABC News. That's how they're spending their time. Some Alaska Costco shoppers said they've had their groceries stolen by ravens in the store parking lot. Matt Llewellyn said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of Anchorage Costco when ravens swooped in to steal a short rib from his cart. The Anchorage Daily News report Friday, it literally took 10 steps away, turned around, two ravens came down and instantly grabbed one of the packages, ripped it off, and flew it flew off with it. Lou Wallen said. Lou Wallen said the piece of meat about four by seven inches, ten by eighteen centimeters. For those who don't know, freedom units uh, large, a sizable meal for a sizable bird. They know what they're doing. It's not their first time. Lou Wallen said they're so they're very fast. So I think they've got a whole system here. And once he got back home, he noticed that one of the ravens had take, taken a poke at another rib, but did not rob it. I cut the meat out and started marinating it, and my wife said, that's gross. We should take it back, Wallen said. Costco actually took it back even after we had started marinating them and gave us a full refund. Good on Costco. Uh, additional raven thief sightings have emerged on social media. My parents were minding their business after a shop and made it home with one less steak. Uh, Kimberly Waller wrote on Facebook, the bird snatched it right out of the pack in the parking lot. Anchorage resident, I'm going to say Tamara Josie, replied to Waller's post and referred to the ravens as calculating. She said ravens hover her in an attempt to steal her groceries. I had two ravens, one, one that was on the car next to me, and he kept squawking really loud. Josie said he would sit on the car and stare at me and then hop next to the bed of the truck on the other side, and he kept going back and forth. The other raven was on the ground. He kept trying to pull. I had those mini melons you have in the mesh bag. Uh, He kept trying to grab the nesting and pulling the melons off the cart. A raven started to fly in a circle around Josie until she got them to scram. Uh, He was waiting for another opportunity to grab the melons off the cart, but they never were deterred. She said they just stayed posted, waiting for their next opportunity to steal something out of the cart. Uh, They are very dedicated to their mission, she added. Jesus Christ, how long is this fucking article? A manager at an Anchorage Costco declined to comment to the newspaper about the Raven Thieves. The Anchorage Audubon Society tallies that Raven population very... Every December, the group reported 923 common ravens in 2018, 621 in 2019, and 750 birds in 2020. Uh, Rick Sinat, a former wildlife biologist with the State Department of Fish and Game, said hundreds of ravens fly to Anchorage in the winter for food. After winter turns to spring, most of the ravens leave Sinat said, um, but before they do, the ravens stick around to pluck assorted meats, fruits, and vegetables. For years, decades, they've watched people in parking lots of grocery stores with all this food, Sanat said. They know what a piece of fruit looks like in a grocery cart because they've seen it on the ground or seen it in a garbage can. So, why am I getting... I don't know. I get some random ass emails from like news sites. I don't know. I need to unsubscribe. Um, so we got some thoughts here uh, on this uh, this here article. Um, I I know. I think crows are very smart animals. From what I I think I've heard from somewhere. Um, if they're not smart animals, um, remember uh, I'm not a scientist. Um, and also in the meantime, you know, if you're getting if you're trying to like learn about social justice from the show. You, you might be the R-word, which is Republican. Um, 
for those of you who don't know, uh, when I say you're an R word on this show, I mean Republican. Um, Republican is the new R word. So I like to imagine that there was an actual guy uh, training these crows to bring food from Costco to them, and he like feeds them and shit like that. That's the world I want to live in, and it's also in Alaska. And to be honest, I don't know a lot about Alaska. Um, yeah, it's like Alaska and Hawaii. It's like Hawaii would be like fun to visit, but I feel like living there, you feel like uh, like trapped or something like that. It feels we- it feels weird to me. I don't know. Um, but uh, anyways, um, so we're all gonna pretend that some crazy guy is training uh, crows, no ravens, to um, steal food from people at Costco. So this is the world I'm gonna live in, and that's the world we're gonna decide to have. Um, next article I have. Data suggests Quail Non followers more likely to be mentally ill. This is from the Civil Beat. Uh, have you heard of the Civil Beat? I didn't until I found this article. So are they a good news source? I don't know. Uh, Quail Non is often viewed as a group associated with conspiracy terrorism and radical actions, such as the January 6th Capitol insurrection. But radical extremists and terror may not be the real concern from this group. Quail non followers who may number in the millions appear to believe a baseless and debunked conspiracy theory claiming that a satanic cabal of pedophiles and cannibals control world governments and the media. They also subscribe to, why am I just fucking stuttering today? They also subscribe to many other outlandish and improbable ideas such as the earth is flat, that the coronavirus is a biological weapon used to gain control over the world's population, that Bill Gates is somehow trying to use, uh, coronavirus vaccination to implant microchips into people and more. A social psychologist I normally studied as a, oh, this is a, now we're in first person. As a social psychologist, I normally study terrorism during research for pastels and pedophiles inside the mind of Quailnon, a forthcoming book I co-authored with security scholar Mia Bloom. I noticed that Quailnon followers are different from the radicals I usually study in one key way. They are far more likely to have serious mental illnesses. Uh, research has long revealed connections between psychological problems and beliefs in conspiracy theories. For example, anxiety increases conspiratorial thinking as do social isolation, and loneliness. Depressed, narcissistic, and emotionally detached people are are also prone to have a conspiratorial mindset. Likewise, people who exhibit odd, eccentric, suspicious, and paranoid behaviors and who are manipulative, irresponsible, and low on empathy are more likely to be believe in conspiracy theories. Quail on Rise has coincided with an unfolding mental health crisis in the United States. Even before COVID-19 pandemic, the number of diagnoses of mental illness was growing with 1.5 million more people diagnosed in 2019 than in 2018. The isolation of lockdowns compounds by the anxiety related to COVID and the economic uncertainty made a bad situation worse. Self-reported anxiety and depression quadrupled during the quarantine and now affects as much as 40% of the U.S. population. It's possible that people who embrace Quailnon's ideas may be inadvertently or indirectly expressing deeper psychological problems. This could be similar to when people exhibit self-harming behavior or psychosomatic complaints that are in fact signals of serious psychological issues. It could be that Quailnon is less of a problem of terrorism and extremism than it 
it is one of poor mental health. Only a few dozen QAnon followers are accused of having done anything illegal or violent, which means that for millions of QAnon believers, the radicalization may be of their opinions, but not their actions. In my view, the solution to this aspect of the QAnon problem is to address the mental health needs of all Americans, including those whose problems manifest as QAnon beliefs. Many of them and many others are not QAnon followers, could clearly benefit from counseling and therapy. Now, to quote the one of the greatest comedies of all time, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, from Uncle Rico, after uh, Napoleon tried out his time machine and got his nuts electrocuted, uh, and he says, this piece of junk doesn't work, and then Uncle Rico comes in, and I want to quote this for this, I could have told you that. Yeah, I don't know if like any scientist had to believe that. I'm like, you believe the government is trying to microchip you? Uh, so they can like track your whereabouts and everything. First of all, how important do you think you are that the government is following you? Like, I can't imagine being a, I don't know why some people are stalkers because they're probably like severely more mentally ill than I am. Uh, basically, cause like this idea of stalking someone like, oh, you're watching me all the time. Okay. You're going to watch me scratch my nuts and watch TV. Is that what you're, is that, is that what you're into? Just watching me scratch my nuts and watching TV. Um, and also, if you like stalk a woman, it's like, what's the what, what do you think is going to happen? Like, you know, what? I like your persistence. Come on in. Uh, no, man. Uh, and it, no, I was on the microchip shit. Um, yeah, um, the government can already track you um, because you post your whole fucking life on Facebook. Um, that's pretty that's pretty fucking easy uh, for the government to do. Uh, most of these people are like, I don't want the government tracking where I am all the time. Uh, and that's why I'm posting this on Facebook. Here's my house location. If you all want to know that. Um Oh, cool. Um, I'm at, uh, what's the place next? I'm at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm going to take a picture right now and post it immediately to Instagram, tagging the Country Music Hall of Fame. And then, why is the government tracking, the government's tracking me? Y'all are, y'all, okay, let's get out of Tennessee locals. Um, uh, um, yeah, y'all are R words, uh, Republicans. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Quailnon, QAnon, that's what I mean if y'all don't know. That's the joke. Quailnon is the what I call it. Um, if you actually, I don't know, like people, anti-vaxxers are just fucking dumbasses. And I have a friend who's an anti-vaxxer, and I tell her she's dumb every time she brings it up. I'm telling her she's stupid every time. And I'm just like, look, we can still be friends, but I'm going to call you an idiot every time you bring this up because you're fucking stupid. So... And I have a college, I have a bachelor's degree, so I'm a little bit smarter than her. Um, but, uh, no, people fucking get the vaccine. I'm getting mine on Tuesday. I'll talk about it next week. Uh, I'm getting the fizzy. So I want, I was thinking about the Dolly. I think thinking about the Dolly or the uh, Johns, but, uh, I think, well, the fizzy is the one I'm, it's closest to me. I know some people were like, I'm going to go out of my way to help you out get the vaccine. I'm like, you know, we don't have to go out of my way. And then I saw like signups. You want to get the vaccine at Music City Center? I'm like, yeah. And so I'm just going to. I signed up, and they're like, all right, confirmed. Uh, see you there. Getting me near the fizzy. All right. So uh, if you're a Quailnon follower, you're a fucking idiot. Anyways, next up on our list, this is actually one I really wanted to talk about. Um, this one's fucking long, too. God damn it. Um, here we go. Um, so here we go. This is a uh, little music-related news. I know people actually like my music opinion for some fucking reason. Um, Lil Nas X's Satan 
imagery angers parents, but advocates say critics are missing the point. This is from USA Today. I have been told USA Today is not a good source. Uh, am I going to continue to read the article anyways? Of course I am. Uh, let's get going here. Um, Little Knox X's latest music video and song, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, fully embrace his gay identity, though not everyone is fully embracing the Grammy-winning artist's imagery choice. Social media erupted following the video's premiere Friday, which included sexually explicit, biblical, and satanic imagery. He kills the devil, among other things. Fans celebrated the queerness in the video, but others felt he went too far. Lil Nas X then took it a step further, and he released Satan Shoes with streetwear company MSCH. Nucky is now suing MSCHF, uh, but now the singer himself over the trademark infringement. I do think, though, because I don't, I don't really have a lot to say on that. I'll just start right now. Why They shouldn't have used the Nike logo if it's not with Nike. I don't know why. Like, you could have just left it clean. I don't, I don't know. They put Nike on there to just be like, it's <laughs> funny. Um, I don't know. Uh, but Lil Nas X enamored the world with his hit Old Town Road, but has generated intense backlash with Montero, uh, particularly from parents and religious people. He... <laughs> He bled into his kid-friendly image following the release of Old Town Road, releasing children's picture books called Seas for Country, and joking on Twitter, he was putting his Grammys in the basement to make room for his Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Award trophy. But advocates say his critics are missing the bigger picture. They argued that in the video, Lil Nas X's brave statement for black queerness takes center stage and it could change lives for the better. What Lil Nas X did was so insignificant because not only do queer kids get to say, hey, there's someone who looks like me out there, black queer kids, and specifically black queer boys and young men get to say there's someone who looks like me, explained Alicia T. Crosby, a black queer minister from Durham, North Carolina. People are overlooking that he defeated the devil in the video, and they're too focused on him being a young queer man, she said. Uh, Crosby, 34, felt fascinated and excited by the video. I felt hopeful thinking about what his video meant in different ways from different communities. The video com comes following a study from GLAAD, I think that's GLAAD, but two ways, that the percentage of LGBTQ people of color on TV, a key pillar of media representation, has ticked up across broadcast cable and streaming since last year. Religious people are divided on the video. God will have the last word when it comes to Lil Nas X, CJ Pearson, president of the Free Think Thinker Project, wrote on Twitter, and that is all I have to say about that. Caitlin Joshua of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, says she was offended by his use of Christian imagery. When there are allies like herself in the religious community. She is an organizer for a group that advocates for the LGBTQ community, women's rights, and black people's rights. All right, someone else going to come in. I don't feel like that I don't feel like that we have to go that far to prove a point, Joshua 28 says of the video. And even more so, I feel like he's losing allies as a result of choosing that approach. Not everyone feels that way. There are plenty of Christians who are celebrating what's happening right now, Crosby said. Lil Nas X is hardly the first artist to revert religious imagery. Thank everyone, thank everyone from Nicki Minaj to Madonna to DMX. But he's unapologetically gay and is challenging the church. I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the explicit expletive y'all preach would happen to me because I was gay, he wrote on Twitter. So I hope you are mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have towards ourselves. Joshua contends Lil Nas X did take back the narrative from the church and gave them a taste of their own medicine. The video also showed his development as an artist and as a person. I just really like to see queer black creatives expressing themselves and succeeding. Madeline Williams, 22, of Phoenix says Williams, who is non-binary, was raised Christian and felt stressed when told how they exist and how they are is wrong. It's something 
something that I'm still processing. While the song and video could be beneficial for queer youth seeing themselves represented, some parents are confused by his apparent move away from being a kid-friendly artist. Though in a January interview with NPR about his children's book, Lil Nox alluded to Lil Nox X alluded to phrases phases of his art and fandom saying, I'm well aware that life and careers and everything goes in chapters. Uh, his supporters point out artists should be allowed to evolve. Parents really saw Lil Nas X in a sequined cowboy fit that one time and assumed he was going to be the Wiggles his whole career. Little Twitter user uh, John Decimo wrote, Lil Nas X made the point himself. I am not going to spend my entire career trying to cater to your children, he wrote in response to a critic on Twitter. That is your job. He also pointed out in another tweet in response to rapper Joyner Lucas that Old Town Road wasn't exactly family-friendly in the first place. What the day of release was like, fans praised Lil Nas X Montero music video for being unapologetically queer. For all the outraged parents out there, Lil Nas X's father wasn't one of them. Very creative video. I got through it. He wrote in a text message that his son shared a Twitter, Congratulations, live life on your terms. Very proud of you. And Lil Nas X's original statement accompanying Montero, Call Me By Your Name, seemingly dedicated to his 14-year-old son. Acknowledge the video would make some angry, but that his agenda is to empower people to live authentically. Um, so, I, I, okay, so I just wanted to talk about this. So, like all of you know, and you shouldn't be listening to the show for, like, my thoughts on Black Lives Matter. I'm very supportive, but I'm also not, like, an expert or even a black person. I'm just listening, trying to see what I can do better of myself, like, and see what we can do on moving on. Uh, but... You look at like, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, there's a podcast called Dissect. It's on Spotify. Um, each season they do like either an artist, like they did a whole season on Frank Ocean or they do specific albums. I think they've done Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn. They've done Frank Ocean. Uh, I think they've recently finished uh, uh, Because the Internet, which I need to get into, which is, which is which is the best Gambino album. We can discuss that on another time because the internet is the best Charles Gambino album. Um, and then, so, you know, okay. And yeah, then I think they're doing Jesus now. They did Beyonce's Lemonade. They've done, they've done a lot. A lot. It's a lot of black artists. They uh, honestly do on dissect. It's really cool if you're really into music. So, um, but they, they talk about on the first episode on the Frank Ocean series. Um, I think there's like an interview back in two, I want to say 2005, um, so, so I'm going to say it's somewhere between 2003, 2006. I think this interview happened. It was with Kanye West and he was talking about how, how hard it would be to be a gay black man in, in the music industry. And we go back, I think uh, Ben Ice Cube was in, uh, NWA and Will Smith like had all these like anti-gay things they said and like a lot of their songs and stuff like that. So it was like, I don't know, it was just very hard for anyone in the music industry uh, to be gay and black at the same time. It was just very hard. And so, and Kanye pointed that out. Like, I want, like I'm saying, I'm thinking it's 2005. I could be wrong. Uh, do not take me, but it was pre, it was a long time ago um, when that happened. So you get to Frank Ocean, 2012, he releases a letter accompanying his album Channel Orange saying that, uh, like that he was in love with a man one summer and like a lot of the songs are about that and shit like that. And like, that's his experience. Like they've never, Frank's never come out technically as like, I'm gay or I'm 
like bisexual. I think most people assume he's bisexual, but he'll never talk about that. He's like, that's personal to me. I don't think I want to put a label on my sexuality. So Frank Ocean started, and then that's when a lot of black, like Beyonce, Jay-Z started off and like, yeah, this is really cool. We're really glad that happened. I think Kanye was on board with that as well. Yada, yada, yada. So like it's, there's a big history behind uh, being gay and black in the music industry. And then uh, it's like, we're slowly moving forward to this idea of it. Uh, there's like a history lesson somewhere in here. I'm just kind of like saying what I know in my head as a dumbass uh, to you right now. So, so yeah, so, there's a big history because I, I don't know a lot about like, you know, black people, you know, like the black history. I know like a, the, the basics, but like black music history, like I, I could probably talk about that because we go back. I'm like, I think I probably mentioned on the show before we go back to Elvis. Elvis was actually, uh, his manager, the Colonel, his idea was, I want to find a white guy. Cause music was segregated back then in like the fifties, sixties around there music was still segregated. So there was black music and white music. So when we go to that, the Colonel Elvis's manager, he wanted to find a white guy who could sing like a black guy. And that's how they got Elvis. And they actually performed a lot of black songs. Like I say, um, Elvis is a good performer, but he couldn't, he didn't write any good songs because they were all black people's songs. So thank black people for rock music. Cause he started that. Then the Beatles come and then history comes in so this idea of like him really going out for it um is very much a big part of black music history um coming out like this and i think it's really cool i watched the music video um the only problem i had with the music video is he had long acrylic nails which i just fucking hate long acrylic nails and if that was my problem with the music video y'all are overreacting so um no it was really i kind of like it and you also have to realize Lil Nas x is a funny dude like he's super funny um so he probably wants this reaction out of you and he, he's a little goofy at the same time it's like giving the devil a lap dance and then killing the devil to become the devil himself I'm like that's just goofy shit right there so uh yeah i don't know so um if you don't like Lil Nas x um for killing the devil you're probably gay no, I don't think you're gay. I think you're just a little jealous of him for doing that shit. I got my, like, in-ear headphones, like, I was, like, trying to, like, figure that out. And uh, I figured out it was, like, I was, like, why is this one quieter than the other one? And I, like, dug everything out and, like, turns out it was, like, clogged with earwax. So I had to clean that out before I started recording. And I had to re-super glue it back together. And I think some got in my ear. But anyways, no. We're going to move on. So um, if you're upset with Lil Nas X, this music video, Call Me By Your Name, which is a very good song. I think it's a very good, I think it's a very art, artistic way of coming out with this. And I think, you know, we need to accept that. And I think Lil Nas X took a chance and he's doing it. And now you're talking about it and I'm talking about it. So uh, yeah, dude, uh, Lil Nas X, keep being you, man. I love you. All right, last article for the evening, um, for the, or for the show, uh, for a previous week right now. We're going to end on a little higher now. I think I got a little deep on the the last one, uh, but I, we're, we're going to end it on a high note. Uh, Trinity College in Perth bans mullet haircuts, labeling them unacceptable. And uh, what website did you get this from? I'm going to tell you, folks. News.com.as. This is like the legit website. I got, got it. News.com.as. .as means Australia. 
Um, but anyways, let's let's keep going here. An elite private boys' school in Western Australia has banned the mullet hairstyle after deeming the hairdo not acceptable. Trinity College in Perth outlined their ban on the retro haircut in its recent newsletter. It is without reservation that the college set clear requirements that ensure health and safety as well as setting a high standard for personal presentation. The newsletter states, uh, the current trend of growing the hair at the back of the head and or closely cropping the sides of the head to accentuate the mullet style are untidy, non-conventional, and not acceptable at Trinity College, as is the trend of long hair and fringes. Uh, the college expectations expectations on the hairstyles can be found on page 18 of the student diary. That sounds stupid. Uh, students who do not meet the school's grooming standards will be picked up by their parents in order to get a haircut. The school stated that hairstyles should be a con conservative nature and cut above the collar and were not allowed to fall below a student's eyes. Students are not permitted to have mullets, rat tails, top knots, mohawks, extra long fringes, or any non-conventional style cuts. The rule reads... Trinity College is not the first school to ban the business at the front, party in the back style, and February Waverly College in Sydney for bathing mullet, also labeling the iconic haircut as not acceptable for students. The student, the school's deputy principal, Patrick Brennan, told the Daily Telegraph at the time that the mullet haircut trending at present is not acceptable and students will be directed to the local barber or their preferred hairstylist to rectify any issue. Uh, West Australian Premier Mark McGowan also went into the great mullet debate, claiming that while he was personally fond of mullets, rat tails were a step too far. I'm very pro-mullet. It's a unique Australian invention, one which we've been selling into the world, but I'll let the school make their own decision, he told reporters on Tuesday. I'm pro-mullet. I'm not so pro-rat tail. Rat tail are a bit beyond the pale. Um, this sounds like a school where the principal is closeted gay and uh, gives Arby's gift cards to men to suck them off. So uh, that's a story uh, from um, like a year and a half ago of a guy I went to high school with his dad, and he was very homophobic. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. We all know I don't I don't agree with this. I'm like, just just let them have fucking their normal hair, dude. One fucking the Hitler, with the the young Hitler, the Hitler Youth haircut or something like that. Fuck that. I actually want to know here. Would my hair? Okay, everyone, leave a comment on the on the video. Um, would my hair, my specific hair, uh, be unacceptable at this school? Because it's it's fifty percent like it's not a conventional style. But it's also very, like, I can dress up and keep it like this, and it looks really good. So that's, like, a big thing with this. I'm, that's what I want to know is, is my hair not good enough for uh, this school? That's something I'd really like to know. And I want you all to put an effort into that. Thank you. Video games can be expensive. Most start at $60 with new consoles such as the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. New games are even starting at $70. There's some games you're going to keep forever, which for me are Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Zelda Breath of the Wild. Most games out there you're only going to play once and then never pick up again. I know, I bought some games that are now just collecting dust on a shelf in my home. Uh, that's where Gamefly comes in perfect. A Gamefly literally is the best video game rental service out there. 
You can keep the games as long as you want, and when you're done with them, just send them back, and uh, they'll send you the next one on your queue. Uh, and if you end up loving the game, last thing you can do is buy it at the best use price possible through Gamefly. Using our link in the description, get your first two months of Gamefly for only $10. So start playing new games using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're trying to lose some extra pounds or staying healthy, you understand how big of a deal working out is. Now, getting the most out of your workout is important to not only me, but many others out there. Are you wanting to gain muscle, lose weight, or even gain some energy to get the most out of your workout? FNX Fitness is here for you. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, so um, I didn't do a lot this week, and I didn't want to review a movie, so I'm just going to talk about the stuff I watched on TV this week. Apparently, you guys like that. So I want to talk about the uh, – I watched the documentary on Netflix, the last Blockbuster. Um, I actually bought a Blockbuster shirt. Uh, however, did not come in time uh, for the show. I bought it on Monday. I record the shows on Fridays, and uh, it didn't come in time. So I'm wearing my shirt with dinosaurs on it that says uh, the bodacious period. I'm kind of pulling it up now for the video people. Um, dinosaurs looking cool, shit like that. Uh, and, uh, no. So I want to talk about, like, the things that kind of, like, I just want to talk about, because any everything I watched was, I think one was before uh, 2010. My rule is, if, if I'm going to review a movie, it has to be released before 2010, because I don't want to be spoiling anything for anyone. Um, so I watched the, lack blo- the Last Blockbuster. Why am I fucking, like, saying words wrong today? Um, the last blockbuster it's on netflix which is funny because netflix is the assumption of what ended the company but uh i'm but you find out actually that it was not the case but it didn't help i'm telling you it did not help so like the stories the story of like blockbuster is really interesting or like basically any uh, movie rental store so basically when like vhs cassettes like first released or like they started putting movies on them Basically, a movie was to own the film. It was like maybe like ninety dollars or something like that. Like, and so basically, you had to buy it from the studios directly for about like ninety dollars around there. Like, so they're just they're pretty fucking expensive. And not so like people weren't like just buying movies to keep like kind of, like kind of what we do nowadays. Or like you know, we people still buy movies, but not as much because it's like if I can watch it on a streaming service, then it's just easier. Like blow it up and then if you if you don't know if you have the if you only have the dvd it's not going to be the best picture quality but with the streaming service it's going to be the best picture quality so like you know like movies around like 90 dollars a rent and so like that's basically how movie rental stores started like you buy a couple of the films like you know 90 like you buy like three or four copies of the film basically and people rent it and then yeah you know you make your basically make your money back from people renting the movie and then you know late you know there's late fees and stuff like that you know 
I feel like late fees are fine, you know. It's like nickel and di- you know they're nickel and diming, but like that's how they stay in business, you know. And like you're renting it for a certain amount of days, and so if you want to do a little bit more, you pay another dollar. It's like a red box now. It's like it's like a dollar a day or something like that. Maybe a little bit more for a Blu-ray, and then uh, and then it's like a dollar every day you keep it, and then so. Anyways, anyways, let me get to it. So yeah, it was ninety dollars, and then I think Blockbuster made like a deal with the movie studios so they could buy the movies cheaper but then like the movie studios got money uh from the movie rentals so like so that's how blockbuster was thinking ahead that way they could have more copies of movies like available so like like a mom and pop video store basically they had like so say a new movie came out let's uh go with what's an agent back to the future back to the future they 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 have it someone wants to rent it so Best at best, like this mom and pop video store would have three copies of Back to the Future, and if it's like the release day of Back to the Future, like on VHS, uh, people are probably going to want to come and rent it because one, they can't necessarily go to like Walmart or Target and just buy the movie. Uh, they would the best way would just be to rent it at a video store. They would have three, but like Blockbuster would have maybe like twenty copies or plus twenty plus copies of it, meaning that. Blockbuster, everyone's going to be like, I'm just going to go to Blockbuster because I know they're going to have the movies. Here's a good chance you're not going to have the movies. So that's why I'm going to go to Blockbuster. Um, so that's kind of basically Blockbuster was able to take other businesses, the mom and pop ones out with them. I know family video still exists. Like, I think there was one, but this was back when I lived, when I went to college, it was in Warrensburg, Missouri, there was one. And then I know there was one in Lawrence, Kansas too. So there, I know there are at least two family videos, maybe. They had one. They had one in Kirksville, Kirksville, when I lived there. I'm gonna text my mom see if she'll get back to me. Okay, hold on, folks. This is this is the fun part. I'm gonna text my mom. What was the name of the video rental store that is now a Sherman Williams in? Kirksville. So we'll see if she responds back in time. Uh, she's been texting me pretty good today. Um, but no, so, so basically that's how Blockbuster came to business. And obviously, um, no, let's get into like, I want to talk about like the downfall of Blockbuster. So it wasn't necessarily Netflix because there was a good amount of time where Netflix and Blockbuster were both fairly even. And then Blockbuster was trying to keep up, you know, they're like, okay, we, we're going to do like a mail-in movie service too, you know, like we, we can afford to do that. I mean, it's not that bad. It's like, Oh, you can just get it in the mail. I guess it's like that. The, I think the biggest thing that they did, they got rid of their late fees. They're like, no more late fees at Blockbuster. And I think that was a bad decision financially because basically, no, they mentioned it in the document. I'm like, I'm acting like I'm like the expert on this situation. Um, they, they, I mean, they had the late fee. They got rid of the late fees. And so, like late fees is like a little bit of extra money to actually put everything in, you know. So that's kind of how they make extra money, you know, like the snacks and stuff like that. Because I'm not, I can't necessarily think the movies themselves are making a lot of money. Because I, I assume they they make a little bit, like after the purchasing cost. But then movie prices went down, so like they're only having to pay like, you know, like ten twenty dollars a movie. So and then after that, so I mean, I would assume just after like a 
five or six rentals or something like that. They probably make their profit back once once movie prices gone down. Uh, they got rid of late fees, and so like mm, yeah, they're not making money from that. So they're no longer making money from that. And then uh, yeah, I mean, so they're no longer making money from that. So then the I think this was the two thousand eight stock market crash, um, and then Blockbuster went like bankrupt and stuff like that. And so that's what happens. So. Like so, they just made a lot of bad, bad financial services, and they could have worked with Netflix on that, but they didn't. And uh, now Netflix is like number one streaming service, and made the documentary. <laughs> so, uh, burn on burn. Um, so yeah, the 2008 stock market crash. So, um, so then a lot of blockbuster stores just kept shutting down and shutting down. So, uh, I remember when I was in college, I remember there were, they said there were like three. So I was in college 2012, 2016. Uh, I remember block. The, they were saying there was like three blockbusters in Alaska because they didn't necessarily have the best internet in Alaska. And so like movie rentals were actually very good uh, for, you know, in the, the Alaskan community because of high-speed internet. And then I guess they got high-speed internet and all the ones in Alaska closed. So the last blockbuster that remains is in Bend, Oregon. Uh, Blockbuster is owned by Dish, by the way. So, uh, I don't. I'm surprised they didn't try to do something with that. But, anyways, nevertheless. Oh, and they also have like a ton of celebrities uh, put in. So they had like the owner of the the last Blockbuster. I think the employees, and she actually seems like a good manager. And I feel like I kind of wish that when I was in high school, I could have gotten like a part time job or in college at like a Blockbuster because it sounds like it was is a chill job. Um, you obviously have like the customers getting annoyed with their late fees and shit like that. So obviously the, those are the bad sides, but like you're just basically helping people out. Like it's easy to help people out. It's like, Hey, do you like this movie? I'm um, like, I watched it. I didn't really like it. Uh, they're like, Oh, right, I'm going to rent it anyways. And then they return Like, you're right. This movie sucked ass. Um, so I feel like that would be fun. I'm like, what do you recommend I watch? I'm like, oh, okay, well, I like this movie. Like that movie would be really good. I mean, like I like watching TV. Obviously I talk about it on a podcast. Um, Big comedians, and so they had like the owner and her kid, and like some of the employees, and then like they had this one random ass guy who still rents movies from Blockbuster. I don't know what that fucking guy was like across the railroad tracks, got to Blockbuster, and like, oh, you have a late fee. I'm like, I'll just pay it. Um, oh shit. So Kevin Smith was in it, which obviously I feel like he's like the movie guy. Doug Benson, which he was, he's not looking good, folks. I feel like a lot of some drug use is not really helping him. Um, Paul Shear, uh, he's really cool. Um, Sam Levine and Ron Funches. Ron Funches is too funny for his own good. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, so Sandy Harding, I guess, is her name. She owns it. Uh, oh, yeah, that, I, that's, I put in my notes that they owned it. So I think, though, with the last blockbuster, I think, I think since it's owned by Dish, I think they should keep it open and make it like a museum. Because I think the original McDonald's, not like the, the California one, the Ray Kroc original McDonald's in like Chicago, I think it's now just a museum, a McDonald's museum. I think they, could, they should just make it, because this is like a piece of, I think it is a piece of history uh, with this idea with that, because movie rental, movies are, I mean, movies, movies are history. Like movies, movies are pop culture, movies are shit like that. I think they should just make it a like partially make it a museum too, which I think they, uh, was it John Oliver, uh, sent them like a bunch of prop Russell Crowe props or whatever, uh, to the Alaska one. And then they sent it to this one, like leave it there too. And like, just make it partially a museum. You can still rent movies there too. I mean, like that's the worst case scenario. You can still rent movies there and you can still 
uh, and it's kind of a museum as well. Uh, so I mean, they, I mean, like film rental had, I mean, you could still rent movies digitally and from Redbox and stuff like that. So making it like the blockbuster museum, I think would be a really good idea. So, uh, with that being said, go watch that shit. That was, uh, it was, it was a good documentary. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like a good documentary. I hope we keep that last blockbuster open and worst case scenario, make it just stop movie rentals and make it a museum. Oh yeah. And she like Tuesdays is when they do new movie days. She just fucking buys the movies at target. Like now, like that's so weird. Like you think like they come from like some big entity, like no, this last blockbuster, she's just going to target, buying the movies and then checking out that shit. Like that's all it was. So that was kind of weird, but nevertheless, he persisted. Let's get on to the second thing I watched this week. Um, so I, I watched Zoe 101 because I, one, I was their age when they were the ages on the show, and I had crushes on all the women on that show, and rewatching as an adult man, you're like, you know, I'm attracted to what they look like now, but I'm reminded of when I was a child. Like, these were like, these were like, man, I wish they'd be, I want to be their boyfriend, you know, you know. It is weird, like, and that's a that's a good debate question I have with everyone here. So, you watched a, you watched something when you were a child because there was like an actress in it you really liked, and they were your age at the time, like of the time when it was filmed. Um, is it okay as an adult to reminisce on that and be like, man, I had a total crush on you back in the day? It's like I realized why I like girls who wear jean skirts. Like that's one thing. Um, anyway, so um, but no, I rewatched Zoe 101. Now I like a lot of Dan Schneider shows, and I'm I'm aware that Dan Schneider is a shady, shitty human being, had a big foot fetish. Sorry, it's not TJ, it's Dan Schneider. Um, and, but the actors in all the shows did nothing wrong, minus Drake Bell, which I'm not here to cancel Drake Bell. Someone else, some white woman's going to cancel Drake Bell, so let's let her do that. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, know, I knew a guy who actually went to school with Drake Bell, and he's like, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty shitty person. Um, anyway, so none of the sh- people in those shows did anything wrong, like iCarly, Victorious, and Sam and Cat. Uh, so um, I think the creep, the weird shit started with iCarly and Victorious and Sam and Cat. Those are the shows where the creepy one. This one didn't have any weird feet, feet shit, I noticed. And it's, it's weird, but I love those shows. I even love Drake and Josh. I know I'm not supposed to like Drake Bell, but I, I still love the show. Um, and so, oh no, and also one thing I learned that, like, I always thought the show ended because Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant, but, uh, no, they just actually ended pro- ended properly, because I never remember how it ended, I didn't, I did not remember how it ended, so that's why I was like, I want to remember how the show ended, so that's why I want to rewatch it, so, uh, that's a thing, uh, too, so it wasn't because of the pregnancy, because it actually had, like, a full arc and full end, like, a proper ending to the show, so, uh, Young Sweezy rewatching the show of crushing on all the women. Zoe was one. Nicole was one. Dana was one. Uh, Lola was one. Quinn was one. I, I fantasized about all the girls on that show. And uh, that's that's a thing. But another thing, like, with the show I watched was, uh, like, uh, Dustin was, like, Zoe's little brother. He did not have a crush on any of zoe's friends i i have to assume look look okay i'm a younger brother to a gay man and uh his lady friends 
can't say female anymore. So I don't know how to like his. It can't say girlfriends because that means something else. It can't say lady friends because that means he's just fucking them and not <laughs> doing anything. So his women friends uh, that he is friends with were not attractive to me. At, attractive to me at all. Almost sounds like I'm saying I'm attracted to me. No, I'm not, I wasn't attracted to any of them. Uh, you know the kind of women who hang out with gay men. Um, Anyways, though, so I, if I was Dustin, I'd be like, I'm in love with all your friends, Zoe. Uh, <laughs> shit like that. But he never did. He was always respectful and very nice to all of them. They were like, oh, you're so cute, Dustin. And uh, they were like, oh, Dustin. And I'm like, if I was Dustin, I'd be like, I want, I'm in love with all your friends, Zoe. <laughs> uh, that's, always, that's always a plot hole I thought about. Another thing I love about this show, they had all the 2000s nostalgia uh with like just all of it is like the things I absolutely love and adore now. Like, so, uh, what was it? And then, Oh no. And they rebranded it kind of to like fit the show, but like, then they had like iPods. Yeah. I still have one and, uh, it's, I customized it 128 gigs. It's pretty cool. Um, they had T-Mobile, like this version of like a T-Mobile sidekick, which was really cool. That was like the phone. Like when I was a kid, like we didn't even have T-Mobile and, uh, any place I lived, uh, I think my parents have like cellular one phone services. And I remember when I switched from like my parents' phone service to like my own in Nashville, it was like, this is, uh, I can actually use, uh, like internet when I'm not on Wi-Fi. And that was pretty great. Um, and you know, like, like just the coolest tech, all the ones I wanted, like the white MacBooks, actually stuff I have now as an adult I bought. Uh, but no, like they had the like, dream tech. Like, no, I was, I remember like one Christmas, I was still living in Kansas. So I was under 13 and I like really wanted a Motorola razor and my parents would definitely not buy me that. <laughs> so they, and they never did. I never had a Motorola razor and uh, I know they're making a new one, but uh, I'm sold on the iPhone now. So, uh, I am part of the Apple ecosystem and that is that. Also, how did, chase not realize no how did zoe not realize that chase was in love with her like he like would do anything for her and it was so like it was just so ridiculous like it was just like he like i don't know because women like complain about men don't see like the subtle signs i looked at you and smiled i can't believe you didn't realize i was in love with you and wanted to marry you i was like yeah that's not how that works because women also smile at you and say you're funny i hope we're friends uh, i just can't believe zoe was that like and like all her friends were like you finally fucking noticed that he's in love with you uh I can't believe you didn't realize that, Zoe. He's like, and Zoe's like, what? Chase is in love with me? What? And so that's like season three ends where it's like, Zoe's like, I'm going to move to England. And then Chase is like, and then like she listens in on like a phone, uh, oh, like a, a FaceTime conversation. I don't just love, like Zoe. I'm in love with her. And then Zoe comes back to PCA, but Chase ends up back in England where Zoe was going to school because he had to beg. And so he had to wait an entire semester before he'd go back to PCA. And so Chase wasn't in the final season. And then, like, she just starts dating this fucking guy named James, who is good-looking. I'm I'm aware he's good-looking, but also has, like, zero personality because... Because for me, I watch TV because real life, the nerdy guy does not end up with the beautiful woman. Uh, that's why I love TV, and that's why I was raised on it, and that's why I probably have some. Uh, that's why I have a podcast right now because that's some mental problem. But um, no, and then like they're just she just 
you know, her and Chase are like, well, I guess we're going to have to wait for a semester until we figure this out. And then uh, all of a sudden, she starts dating this guy named James. And I just don't like the chemistry between the couple. It's just so unnatural. And then, you know, they, they prank Logan. Logan's a character on the show. And with Logan, though, I feel like, so Chase and Michael, they're really good friends with Logan. And then, you know, Zoe and her her friend group, you know, she she was friends with Chase. And then, you know, obviously they all hang out together. So they they technically were really good friends. So like when they pranked Logan and did things with him, you know, it was justified. You know, like they know Logan's doing something wrong, but they still love the guy. So they're just trying to help him out and do do good by him. So when James does it, James doesn't know Logan that well. And so when he's being a dick to Logan, it's unjustified, and I do not like that shit at all. And so y'all know when the finale came and they broke up and then Chase came back and everything was good in the world, that I was happy. Except for uh, they released a random-ass video on the internet of like the 10 years later with Chase is with another woman, not Zoe, and he's about to propose, but Michael comes in and says what Zoe said on the DVD they left in the time capsule. So there's a lot more going on. Hopefully they do a reunion special. And Chase and Zoe get married because that's all I fucking want in life is for the nerdy guy to get the woman. That's all I want. That's all I want. This is why I watch movies to get away from that shit. So that's all I have to say on Zoe 101. Uh, I also watched a movie on Netflix one week away. So this is like a Christian film uh, necessarily. So uh, if you if you if you really hate, I'll just keep going. I'm, just, that's, I'm letting you know that. Um, but it was co-written by my friend Kaylee Bailey, who is a phenomenally talented. I texted my parents, like, you should watch this movie. They're like, we watched it last weekend. We loved it. I'm like, you know, that's my friend Kaylee. Kaylee is just phenomenal. And she's, she's just very talented. She also, uh, I think wrote, I think I want to say wrote, maybe directed a, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, uh, fan film. I think it's called the dark witch. Uh, it's basically the backstory of, uh, when uh, Neville's parent, Neville Longbottom's parents were tortured by Bellatrix and uh, it was really well done. I for- I think I forgot that she made that. And then I was watching, I watched the fan film cause I'm a Harry Potter nerd. And then on like the credits is like written by Kaylee Bailey. I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> She's super talented folks. Um, and also for me, I had like a positive experience at church camp. Like but some of my best friends today I went to church camp with, and we may not agree fully on our religious beliefs, but I'm still, I still love the guy. Still love everyone there. So like if we went there and you're still a good person, like hell yeah, we're so friendly. I saw people like if I ran into someone, like we're definitely going to be good friends. So it's definitely like that. So I had a very positive church camp experience. I know a lot of people didn't, unfortunately, but, uh, but I don't know for me, it was, I mean, it was fun for me because I did have a positive experience and, uh, I wish, I wish, I mean, I'm saying it's positive mainly because, the friends, the friends I made along the way, no joke, are what, what was really important to me. And I, and like, like I said, some of my best friends I met at church camp and like, we're still friends today and I make them drink alcohol a lot and smoke things and uh, shit like that. Um, but also speaking of it, uh, the kids at that camp were way more talented, uh, than anyone I went to. I remember like playing guitar, like I brought my guitar, you know, I'd play and like listen to someone else like dun, 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 dun. It was awful, folks. Like these kids are super talented. Like everyone at this camp is super talented, but none of the ones at mine in the middle of nowhere, Kansas is, is, uh, is that talented? Um, and they're also like the competitiveness of like their, 
like camp was way more like we did like games and challenges against the other the other family group. We had family groups in mind. They had like three specific teams that like you come back the next year, you're on that same team again. So that was that was kind of a weird thing. So it was way more competitive than mine was. We had like a couple jocks. And there was like a couple of me, me and like a couple of the guys that were just like the the fat losers. Um, we're just goofing around all the time, and that's why everyone loved us. Um, so yeah, their their group system I didn't like, but it was different from mine. So that's it. Amy Grant, Stephen, Chris Chapman, two of my mom's favorite artists, who. Um, I have friends who know them, so I can assure you they're are they're good kind. So if, if you have Christian parents who want to listen to Christ, contemporary Christian music, Amy Grant and Steve are Stephen. <laughs> this probably goes by Stephen. Um, are both very good artists and cool people in real life. So uh, that's really cool. But anyways, go watch it on Netflix. I mean, it's on Netflix. You don't have to go to a theater or anything. You already have a Netflix subscription. Go watch it. My friend Kaylee Bailey wrote it. She also loves how her name rhymes. So don't. Think I'm trying to be goofy with it, um, but no, Kaylee Bailey wrote it. I texted her like, "Love the movie." I don't think. I, well, no, let me read the text I sent her. So I watched it. Let me read the text. So I, I wrote, "Kaylee, I haven't talked to her in a, in a while. COVID, I think." Um, Kaylee, I don't care. IDK, if this is still your number, just watch a week away and loved it. Thought though, though kids who went to my church camp were not that talented, and she said she was happy I enjoyed it. So. Um, Anyways, no, no, it's a fun movie. It's on Netflix. I'm not requesting anyone go to like a movie theater right now. Obviously, I don't know how many are open specifically, uh, but like it's on Netflix. It's like if you want to have a good time, go watch it on Netflix. It's, it's a very fun movie, and, and Kaylee is very talented. And if you consider it a Christian movie, like you know, a lot of Christian movies suck ass. This isn't actually very good. And they have like David Kuchner, I believe is his name. He's from uh, Anchorman. Uh, Ball, the ball guy from Anchorman. Uh, they got Octavia Spencer's in the movie. I think not Colin Quinn's. His last name's Quinn. I can't remember. Uh, and I think the chick who was like the little kid in Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know. I I thought it was the same. I could figure it out, but I haven't. So, but no, it's a fun movie. So you should go watch it. That's uh that's what I have watched this week in movies. So yeah. We've been going through this pandy for over a year now, and any responsible human would groan at the idea of leaving your home. Why should you have to leave your home to buy alcohol either? That's where Drizzly comes in handy. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know, it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. I use Drizzly at least once and sometimes twice a week, and it's so easy that going to the liquor store is a thing of the past. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that provides it to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description gets $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our link, you directly support this show.
I live alone, so cooking can become very sad when cooking for one. That's why I order food from local restaurants often because I know they're struggling and I know I don't have to cook when I'm feeling depressed. That's why I absolutely love DoorDash because they have been my food savior during this pandy. If you don't know of DoorDash, they bring you food you crave directly to your door with over 300 thousand partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local favorites and your favorite national chains such as Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. Your favorite restaurant is still open for delivery. Download the DoorDash app from the link in our description. It's all contactless delivery to keep my community and yours safe. Get $10 off each of your first three DoorDash orders over $15 when you sign up using the link in the description. Treat yourself like the king and queen you are and order from DoorDash today. Again, that's $10 off your first three orders over $15 when you use the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, so it's time for me to give you all relationship advice because a lot of people have problems with their relationships. I don't have a problem with mine. I'm not seeing anyone right now. So if you want me to solve your relationship problems, you can always email the at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to help you with any problem you have whatsoever, no, no matter who it's with or what you're doing, wherever, I don't, I don't fucking know. Let's, uh, let's just get into it, folks. You know, I'm gonna guide you to a treasure I cannot possess. Uh, I had sex with a friend, and now I think the friendship is over, or ruined. All right. We've been friends for almost three years and never saw each other as romantic interests, but we were close. When we met, I was with my ex, who also became a close friend of his, to the extent that when we broke up just over two months ago, he tried to get us back together. Two weeks ago, we were day drinking, and we usually... As we usually did when my ex was around, but because of COVID, my country has set up a 6 p.m. daily curfew. I invited him back to my place to keep the night going on. We were really drunk, and I don't remember quite right, but I think he made the first move. Anyways, I think we both enjoy the moment, but we've talked, never talked about it ever since, and even pretended nothing happened the day after. But now he's been leaving me on read, read. I'm going to say it right. Red. Every time I text him and I feel bad about myself, I don't know what to think about it. And I know how to save our friendship. I thought it through and I'm really not interested in something else. Um, so, um, only thing I can really suggest for you to do in this situation, um, yeah, you're definitely going to have to, uh, force a conversation about the topic. Um, apparently if you think something's weird about it, uh, he probably also thinks something's weird about it. What I can say, um, uh, you're going to have to get somewhere in a, like a situation where you can force the conversation without the other party leaving, uh, the situation. It's like, yeah, it's the only thing I can really say. That's the best idea to be honest with you. Um, people are fucking texting me. Um, yeah, because, like, there's obviously, like, an elephant in the room, and, uh, once you talk about the elephant in the room, like, you could probably just figure out the situation. Um, hopefully no one's gotten feelings, someone's gotten feelings, you're gonna have to, uh, lay low for a minute, I guess, and, like, be like, hey, I don't like you like that, I don't want to do it, but I had fun having sex with you, uh, and, but you're also gonna have to talk, like, you have a really big penis, too, because, he, <laughs> just, you'd be like, you do have a you do have a really great penis, even if you don't think so. Just just say the penis is great, uh, but say I don't want a relationship with you. <laughs> you know, that's I think that's gonna be the best way. He's like, I don't know, my penis is great. You know, you know what? Oh, you don't want a relationship with me. 
but my penis is really great. Actually, that's the best idea. Say his penis is really great, but then also say, uh, I, I, I'm not interested in having a relationship with you, so hopefully we can just stay friends and uh, keep that a fun memory for both of us. So, that's the way it is. Yeah. It, I'm not going to try. I don't think I can hit the notes. I had a couple glasses of wine, folks. You know what the fuck goes on here at the Airbud Studio. Um, yeah, no, just uh, tell him he has a great dick and uh, tell him you don't want a relationship. And things should be fine. He'll still be fine with you. I guarantee you he'll be fine with you. Um, my ex who cheated on me is reaching out to me for help because the guy she has been with was cheating on her. She is saying she is suicidal, so to just not reply seems like the wrong thing to do. However, like, what do I say? She mentioned the aspect of karma doing this, and it's like, well, maybe, but I'm not going to tell you that. Anyways, reaching out to anyone who is around her is pointless, and I don't want her to die, but uh, but I don't want to let her even remotely into my life again. What should I do? What amount of space should I keep? There's no way I would ever see her again. Uh, what amount of space should I keep? There's no way I want to see her again, but even text messages can be draining. Um, Buddy... The only thing I can really say is you're not in charge of her mental health. Um, There's a thing with, like, I don't want to be... I'm going to be a little generic here, but at the same time, we're all human. You're not in charge of her mental health. She's suicidal over a relationship. She may have more problems, and I can't necessarily guarantee she's actually going to go through with it. Um, I could be wrong. Everyone's different. Um, Anyways, you're not in charge of her mental health. Uh, Typically in this situation... She would say, I can't live without you. Uh, if someone says, I can't live without you, then I would respond with, then die. Um, but I don't think that's the appropriate response in this situation. Um, tell her, look, um, I'm sorry he cheated on you. Uh, only thing I can really do, you cheated on me. So um, I guess you kind of understand how it feels. Uh, maybe you don't do that shit anymore because that shit is stupid and uh, fucking awful. So, um I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested at all in having you back in my life. Uh, be gone, thought. Uh, that's, I guess that's all I can really say. Um, no, best, best keeper out of your life still just be like, look, sorry it happened to you, but you know, you did that to me. Uh, now you know how I feel. And, uh, please stop texting me. I don't want to be around you anymore because you're a bitch. Um, and apparently I hate women on this podcast, but, uh, this is an actual bitch. She cheated on him and then, she then the guy she i guess she cheated on him with cheated on her so that's just karma so she she was a bitch to begin with so folks don't call me don't say i hate women i don't hate women i'm just trying to fucking help people um anyways no i think she got what she deserved um her mental health is not your problem, but do not tell her to die. Do not tell her to die. Do not do my following. Uh, I can't live without you. And then I was like, you then die. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. Uh, in this situation, uh, just be like, you know what? Now you kind of understand how I feel. Um, I still don't want you in my life. So fuck off. Here we go. All right. That's all I have to say on that. Let's get to another one. Uh, husband and I haven't had sex in a year. All right. Um, My husband and I have had a really strong year mentally. We've both been very depressed, experiencing waves of anxiety. I'm starting therapy next month, and he has also sought help. So I have hope that 
we can maybe return to you normal some, someday soon. Our marriage is strong despite all of this. We have been married five years, together ten in total. We are best friends. We want the same things from life and have no desire to separate or divorce. We rarely argue and we support each other fully. We are very happy together. It probably helps that we both had lower sex drives to begin with and only had sex maybe a couple times a month. Sex for us wasn't the most important thing, but we had at one time acknowledged that we should probably try to have more. I'll add that we haven't been sexual whatsoever in the past year. This includes making out slash oral. I plan on bringing this up in therapy, but I also know I should maybe bring this up with my husband sooner than later. I feel like it's been too long to just randomly initiate sex without having a discussion first. I have no idea how to even initiate this kind of discussion. I don't want him to feel bad. This was a two-way street, and I'm just as responsible for this as he is. I also don't want him to feel pressured, but I feel like something needs to be said, and I don't know how just wanted to get some opinions on here before bringing it up in therapy all right so i'm here to help you with the problem um so my my suggestion for you to actually solve this problem a very simple idea um what i think you should do is um you might need to watch a couple porns and uh just see you know what's out there and then uh reenacting that uh, with him because he will get turned on and do that. But also, I mean, man, I, I can't imagine, like I have a pretty high sex drive, but I've, I'm also taking antidepressants, like heavy ones. So it's lower to probably normal levels. And it's like, if you're masturbating every day, you're just fucking bored. Um, right now it's like boredom masturbation or something like that. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, that's like a weird thing. So I can't understand how like your sex drives are the same. And then you're like, yeah, we haven't done a year without sex. And, like, you're a little upset about it, but he doesn't really care? That's just so weird to me. Uh, do a little role-playing. You know what? Like, after so many years, I can't imagine people are like, I don't want to have sex with the same person every day. Like, do a little role-playing. That's fun. That's fun. And then you get to tell the stories to friends, and it's more fun. Like, I don't, I don't see the problem in that situation. Like, that's a situation I think a lot of people would enjoy being in. Um, and have you ever just be like, just... You don't know how to initiate yourself. Um, honestly, just start sucking his dick. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, you're like, I don't know how to initiate sex with my husband. Um, just start sucking his dick, and it'll happen. Trust me, it'll happen. Uh, if it's not, he might... I don't want to say this for sure. He might be gay. Um, but uh, I don't know you in real life, so uh, I couldn't determine. Uh, if I met him in real life, I'd be like, that guy's gay. <laughs> But uh, I can't give that for you from just words on the internet. So, um, only thing I can suggest you do, you can initiate sex, just start sucking his dick, and then he's going to want to put it in other holes. So, uh, stay with that. And and if you think I hate women after that, like if a woman just decides to start sucking a dick, uh, you marry that bitch. That's that's what you do. So just start sucking that guy's dick, and uh, you should be fine. That's all you need to do. I'm... The one, I'm the king, I'm the foreplay king, and I can tell you, um, male foreplay is just, it's just a blowjob. That's all you need to do for a man. That's all you need to do for male foreplay. So, that's the way it is. I'm gonna get more wine, because, uh, fuck this shit. I don't, I don't know how I'm getting through looking this. Like, 
how do I initiate sex with my boyfriend? Like, have you tried having, asking, have you tried sucking his dick? I don't know. God damn. So, uh, I'm almost out of wine in this box. So, uh, let's see how that goes. Let's watch me chug the whole thing on camera, folks. There we go. Here we go. A friend seems bothered people assume we're together. All right, here we go. I'm 24 and I'm really close with my male friend who is 26. We spend the majority of our time together, tend to go almost everywhere together, and are constantly attached at the hip. Because of this, people tend to assume we're together. I correct people when I find it worthwhile. If there's someone, I'll never see again. I put in little effort. For example, we met this guy at a park, and we saw him two times and talked because our dogs wanted to play. The second time, he was with someone and said, this is X and her boyfriend Y. It was loud, and I didn't bother interrupting to yell, and we weren't, we weren't dating because dot, 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 Y. There's some people I'll correct a few times, and after that, I just sort of give up. It isn't worth my energy if they don't won't listen. He brought up tonight that people assume we're married, and I never correct them, which isn't true, but he seemed a little frustrated. I said it didn't seem too big to me, and it explained that some people just choose not to listen. I am an anxious person, so I've been thinking about how this seems to upset him for a few hours. Do I address it to him and about it making him uncomfortable? So I apologize. Um, uh, just fucking date this guy. I don't know. You like being you like being around each this. I don't get people like this. I I, I just don't. I, I don't get people like this. Like I have a really close male friend. We spend all the time together, and I absolutely love being around him. Like how are you not fucking in love with each other? For fuck's sake, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get this. This is like my dream come true for this to happen, and you're both fucking single, and you're just not doing anything about it. Like, come on, come on. Do you, do you are you, none of you in love with each other? How does this fucking work? I don't get it. Just, just be in love. Like, this is like my dream come true. Like everything you just like described to me is my dream come true. Minus the, like, we're not dating. Like, no, like, we're dating. And we're in fucking love with each other. And we're best friends. And this is, like, that's, like, the perfect situation to be in. And these people are like, I don't get it. I, just, I don't get why people think we're dating. Just shut the fuck up. Like, this is a dream come true for me. And you're acting like, it, a, like this is a burden for you. This is a burden for you that someone... Like you're like your best friend. You're in love with your like you and your best friend could be soulmates. Like, shut the fuck up. God damn it. Like, why do you, just fucking date each other and marry each other? Like, this is like a you're in the perfect situation. People dream for a situation like this. People dream uh, to find a soulmate like you two. And you just waste it uh, to quote uh, the movie. Uh, was it? It's a Wonderful Life. It was like, ah, love is wasted on the youth or whatever that guy said. Like, come on. Like, you you write this out and you do not see, like, how perfect you are for each other. Like, I don't understand people like this. It just frustrates me. It's like, because I don't have it. And that's what I want. And it's like, you know, it's like, and I want it. And you, you, fuck you. Folks.
It's been a long pandemic, folks. It's been a long fucking pandemic. Um, this next question. Why did he tell me he was virgin? We had sex for the first time a few months ago. He told me he was a virgin. He also said when he touched me down there, I've never touched one of these before. And he said he didn't know how to go down on me because he didn't know what to do. What's weird is I saw in a live stream two years ago before we met, he commented and said, eating my girl's ass makes me happy. <laughs> he kept telling me he was a virgin. I don't know why he would lie at this age. Most guys uh, would lie and say they're not when they are. Uh, when he acted embarrassed, when he told me he was a virgin, he told me people online he wasn't. I, he knew I wasn't, so I don't know why he would lie. I'm almost two years older than him, so I'm confused. I also feel kind of gross because I kissed him, and the thought of him having given him, have him give gave someone a rim job makes me feel kind of sick. I know that sounds immature, but that's just how it makes me feel. Why would he lie? Um, so I'm like thinking about this situation. Um, so there's two trains of thought that go through my head. So there's the one train of thought that he actually is a virgin and he's talking up to his friends that like, uh, I'm going to eat this girl's ass and shit like that. And he's done all this crazy shit. Other side of him is like, is like, Oh, I'm a virgin. And I was talking about that to just look cool. That's the thing though. So there's the red flag there when you talk about that, because you know, if, okay. So he, there's either, he lied to you that he was a virgin when he was, he was not. And, uh, I guess like you don't know if he clean he's cleaned his lips since he uh or lips or tongue since he's uh eaten eating ass. You know what I'm saying? And then there's this side of you is like why was he lying to his friends or people online that he he loved eating ass or shit like that? Um I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a good guess here with this situation. Um from what it sounds like on my end, I I actually think he was a virgin and didn't know he was doing, and uh, he was just trying to talk up to his friends about what he was doing. That's gonna—that's the guess I'm going to make, because I feel like that's the proper situation that went on. I feel like he actually is a virgin, and he was talking up to his friends and trying to look impressive. So, um, yeah, but also, he's a red flag, because he has a lot—he has a big lying tendency. So, um, in the situation I'm going with, like, yeah, don't should probably disassociate with this guy. Um, if, and then he's probably going to be obsessed with you. If he, cause I think he is a virgin. He was a virgin until he met you. And then things change. So, um, just remember that probably he's probably a pathological liar and has a lot more problems. So stay away from him. So there we go. I didn't bash on the woman. I bashed on the man. So stop saying I hate women people. I'm a simp. I am not a fucking incel. Shut the, fuck up with that shit um i feel like i don't deserve my girlfriend okay 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 i've been there i've been with my girlfriend for almost a year now and our relationship helps me a lot and makes me so happy she's always there for me and i try to always be there for her as well i love her so much and i wish her all the best i want to make her happy that's why i think maybe i should leave her uh, my life is kind of a mess and struggle so far. I live in a small apartment with my family. By the way, we are both 16, almost 17 years old. My family is really, f really poor, uh, while her family is rich, 
Both my mother and father are alcoholics and heavy smokers. They always yell at me for no reason. Call me stupid and useless. My self-esteem is really low due to that. They always make me get them what they want. And sometimes I feel like they hate me. That's been going on for years now. And I really made me feel like I am worthless. But her family is the complete opposite. They're caring and loving and worried about their child. I've told her everything about my family and our situation, but she told me that she doesn't mind at all. But I do. I'm constantly thinking that she would be happier with someone else. I think I'm just slowing her down honestly i can't even talk to her without making it awkward i struggle to speak i'm really clumsy with words i try my best to be there for her always no matter what but a lot of times i find myself not knowing what to say i'm just a complete mess but i love her so much everything about her i really do i've never loved someone as or something this much ever before as i said i really want to see her happy smiling and no with no much stress. Maybe being with me would just bring her problems and stress after some time, so that why that's why I'm thinking about leaving her. Maybe she finds someone much better than I am. I would like to see your thoughts on this. Thank you. Um Alright, we're gonna get positive on this fucking show real quick. Buddy, um my first thoughts about reading this fucking thing. Uh, don't let her know that she's too good for you. If she learns that, it's over. Do not let her know that at all. Um, first of all, I want to say, I'm going to go try to go by all your points here. Your parents fucking suck. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the, I'm, an, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, but at the same time, I'm a friendly guy. At least when I drink. Um, your parents are trying to put you down. Your parents are fucking shit, dude. No offense, but you can't, you don't get to choose your parents. You get to choose how you move forward from, from there. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like your parents are just fucking shit, but like her parents are great. Um, if her parents, I'm just telling you in a situation where her parents are great, you fucking, you, you're going to have to, you need to marry this chick. I'm telling you right now, you need to marry this bitch. Um, apparently I'm not supposed to say bitch anymore. You need to marry this chick. Um, she sounds like she's good. So don't fucking let her know that she's too good for you. Uh, because she realized that you don't want her to realize that shit. Um, uh, the idea that she's constantly happier with someone else. Um, she's probably not. She chose you still, buddy. Um, she probably is very happy with you. And uh, you need to. One thing. One thing I learned. I've kind of learned. I'm trying to like learn. Like there's like the. There's like a voice in your head that says like you're not good enough. You suck and shit like that. And like you're, you're fat. You're fucking useless. Uh, you need to grow another voice in your head that tells that voice to shut the fuck up. And once you learn that voice, it's very, very interesting. It's like, oh, man, look at me in the mirror. I'm so fucking fat. Oh, man, I can't believe I ate another pizza today. Another voice comes in your head. Shut the fuck up. And then that voice shuts the fuck up. And that's a great way to live life. I've been telling people that for a while. Like, you need to develop a voice in your head that tells the, the negative voice in your head to shut the fuck up. Um... And then you're like, eat, and then you think uh, slowing her down. Uh, you're just like making making things awkward. Um, that's probably uh, that's probably why she likes you. Uh, you're like you're clumsy and shit like that. That's that's an attractive quality. Uh, I have it, but I don't think it's attractive the way I do it. Also, I like see posts like, you know, like there's like the not all men, but if I'm walking on the street, if a woman's alone and I'm alone and we're walking, the women can't trust that I'm not gonna attack her situation that's why I like the no man which i'm very much pro for but at the same time it's like 
I don't think any woman's ever seen me as a threat ever for any reason. Um, that's just me. Um, but no, buddy, it looks like you're just good enough for this woman. Uh, so don't let her know that you're not good enough for her because she won't like that. Uh, realize you're fine just the way you are, buddy, and uh, keep moving forward. And uh, hopefully I, I want I know you're both like 16, almost 17, but I kind of want you both to get married because it sounds like you love her family. And like, you know, that, that's your new dad. That's your new mom. Because I know like in situations where like uh, one couple has like a shitty family and the other one has like a normal family with their normal problems, you know, like every family has. And like, you know, I just kind of want that to work out. And like, you know what? You're like real parents to me, you know, your spouse's parents are like real parents to you. And that's what I hope for people like that. That's all I want to say, buddy. Uh, stop uh, talking shit about yourself. That little voice in your head that tells you you're worthless. Gain the other voice in your head that tells that voice in your head to shut the fuck up. That's how I want to help everyone's mental health. Um, next one here. Uh, thoughts on women who are on the dry side. I can only hope that all men are okay with this and happy to reach for the lube, but I want to see some true and honest responses go. Okay. Um, so I treat this as the same. I want to treat like erection problems, you know, like it, you just can't, you know, it's, there's a lot of biological things involved. So I take a lot of antidepressants. So like a lot of times for me, like getting it up can have some can have some difficulties and some issues. Um, so I understand on that. And if we treat women like that, like when they're dry, like we're going to treat it the same way. Um, sometimes like, you know, with uh, birth control, I believe sometimes can make women dry and shit like that. You know, just like if there's like a medical issue that that's happening, you just, you know, you got to accept that. Like I think with like, uh, you know, erectile dysfunction or whatever it's called, like, like we got to accept that that's going to be a thing. Like you can't expect everything to work properly all the time. And I think this, we have to be the same woman. Like you can't expect her to be wet all the time, uh, get some lube and have some fun and shit like that. You know, you know, lubes, lubes fun, you know, it makes things a little bit easier. And, uh, a quote I've heard many times, like you can never have enough lube and that's very responsible. So we should not shame women who are very dry unless like, especially, when it's like a medical thing, like I take antidepressants, so that makes me not as hard as uh, all doesn't make me like my sex drive like hard all the time. But I can still get going. But like women at the same time, like we can't expect women to uh, be the same capacity. So, you know, we got lube for women and then random ass pills for men. So we should stop shaming women who are dry unless they're like, oh, you, this is making me really dry right now. <laughs> Shit like that, you know? Like, sometimes, and sometimes it's birth control. Like, we talk about that. If it's birth control that's making you dry, it's like, that's a plus in my mind. Let's just, like, hey, I'm on birth control, so I have a problem, I have a hard time getting, we need to get some lube, you know, shit like that. I'm like, all right, that works for me, because you get a raw dogger if you're in, a, like, a good situation. That's all I have to say. So, um... Nevertheless, you persisted. Um, so we need to stop shaming like erectile dysfunction and dry women. They're both the same thing, and uh, we should learn to live lives, live live life three six five or whatever they say. Um, all right, no, we're getting near the end of this episode. I think it's gonna be shorter than most of them, but uh, nevertheless, I will persist. Though, uh, if you're a dry woman, just explain why you're dry to the man, and he probably won't care to be honest with you. Um, that's the thing. Um, last question I have. 
I have a fetish and in constant fear that my parents might find out about it. So as Tal says, I have a fetish. Now, I won't say what kind of fetish it is. All I'm saying is that I'm 14 and I'm afraid that my parents will find out. Like, IDK, why? But I'm afraid they will disown me or something if they find out. I know it sounds dumb. One time I even told my sister about it and she kind of just kind of forces me to do stuff for her and she'll tell our parents like now i'm saying that i love my family and they're super nice but every time they call me i get all nervous and scared for some that they somehow found out about my fetish okay this is for every fetish out there and i want to just make this like a public presentation to all fetishes your fetishes need to stay private like, I don't need to know what the hell your fetish is. Like, I don't need to know if you're, like, my friend TJ and you're in feet or if you're into, like, bondage and shit like that. I don't need to know that. You don't need to be fucking public about your fetishes like some people are with their sexuality. Like, I think a lot of sexuality's ideas, it's okay to be out about that. Like, well, you're like, you know what? I'm a man and I'm a normal man. I'm like, that's fine. That's a fine thing to be like that that's not necessarily a fetish it's like a sexual preference like i'm into men a fetish is so different like i'm into feet we don't need to know that you're into feet i'm into uh putt play or horse play like we don't need to know that shit no one needs to know that shit why have we like tried to make a culture where like your fetish needs to be known your fetish does not need to be known your fetish should stay with you i don't know why the fuck we've like tried to make the society is like you know what I'm in love with a roller coaster. You know what? I like feet. I like it when a girl wears a, a dog mask and I fuck her. I'm like, why do I need to know that? Why do I, someone you're not going to have sex with, need to know that situation? I don't need to know that situation. You shouldn't be telling me that fucking information. I'm not having sex with you. Therefore, I shouldn't need to know what gets you off sexually. It's fucking stupid. I don't know why people think this idea that um, I want the world to know what I need to do to come. You, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know what you need to come. The only thing I need to know is your preference. Like, do you like guys? Do you like women? Do you like the non-binaries in between? What the fuck is that? I don't need to know, like, I need to be jerked off with someone else's feet to get up. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that fucking shit. I don't know why people think I need to know that. Your fetish needs to stay with you, and that's a private conversation between you and your partner. You do not need to be spreading that to your parents, your friends, your family, your siblings. I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't know why people think that your fetish needs to be known to the entire world. I don't get it. I don't know why people think they need to know that. I know it's probably the fake fucking woke, the, the, the group I hate more than anything, except for like actual racists. I fucking hate those people. But we don't need to know what your fucking fetish is. I don't want to know your fucking fetish. No one wants to know your fucking fetish. The only person who wants to know your fucking fetish is the person you're wanting to fuck. That's all you need to know about it. Stop making your fucking fetish your personal identity. I can't express enough. I don't want to know about it. Fuck. Okay, people. I don't want to know about your fetish. Okay? 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 So do not fucking tell me your fetish. That is now and forever. Oh my gosh. Okay, that was a fucking big rant. But anyways, now, thank you for listening to this episode of Cancel Shweezy. Um, 
questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email the at gmail.com. Uh, I will be more than happy to answer that on the show or anywhere else. Uh, music uh, is the Shweezy everywhere. Any Wherever you listen to music on, just look up Shweezy. You'll find me. Um, you can find me on socials at the Fourplay King or my main account. That's not TikTok. Uh, at the Shweezy. And, uh, you know, Twitch, you know, you got your like, you got your follow button, you got your subscribe. Don't give Jeff Bezos an extra $5. And if you want to get ad-free episodes, the Patreon is the best place for you to go. So, uh, I always, I want to end the episode the right way. Honk if you love butt drugs. And, uh, like always, stay awesome. Hey there, my fellow Shwoke Lord. Thank you so much for finishing that episode. It means a lot to me. If you want to support the show even further, check us out on Patreon, where you can get ad-free episodes of all my shows. Once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and stay awesome.